What up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. Thanks for linking up with us tonight. I am AJ. And I'm Johnny. And uh, we still keeping it live at Camp 180 as we get into movie number three, one of my favorite franchises and a very underrated one. Until the last couple years, I'll say, sleep away, Camp. But first, first, let's run it back real quick. Let's run it back real quick. Can we thank our survivors for a thousand streams, Nay? Yes. Thank you so much. Are y'all kidding you. me? Okay, now look, now we know we late. We know we late because we hit a thousand before the Piranha episode, but we have recorded the Piranha episode already, so we couldn't say thank you then. So we're saying thank you now. Y'all be strolling through the park for you girls. We feel y'all. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Stay tuned for what we have to Look at us, Janae. Who would have thought we ghosted them a whole month and they still <laughs> listen to us? It was more like a half of a month, you know? It was. You know what? It was. You right. And then we lost the episode. Yo, we have to figure out what happened <laughs> to his house. I am so mad because that was such a good episode. We did so. Maybe we can. I don't know. Because I wiped my computer since then. So it's like gone, gone, unless BJ still has it. So I don't know. I mean, we'll figure it out. <laughs> But just once again, thank y'all from the bottom of both of our hearts, because Chell. It's been a journey. It's been a ride. As ever. But let's get back to it, because I couldn't wait to cover this movie, especially when I realized Johnny probably hadn't seen this movie. And she didn't. And I <laughs> I fought tooth and nail. So it wouldn't get spoiled. I made sure I never posted it on D180. I tried to make sure I never reposted anything. Like I did, because Johnny doesn't do this anymore, but y'all remember this girl would go look, oh, what's this? And found out it's hot and burn it. So no, 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 no. She she had her strength this time. Okay. Okay. But if you guys want to catch Sleepaway Camp before we totally destroy it, because you know, once after the Q line or kind of, you know, yeah, you know, I'll be fair this time because I learned that some of y'all actually do listen up to a certain point before we spoil it if you haven't seen the movie. So we'll try to keep it spoiler free. But if you want to catch it all before we take that official ride, Sleepaway Camp is streaming on Shudder, Tubi, Peacock, and Pluto TV. So you got all them places where you can go see it. All three of them used to be on Prime, but they ain't on there no more. So you kind of missed out on that train. But I cannot take on this movie without some help. So I reached out to a very good friend of mine and Johnny just met, well, Johnny just met them in person, but I've been knowing them for a while, but we both all just met in Vegas for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Let me introduce to the park for the first time, my baby, Trey Bernard. Hi. Hey girls, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Wow. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I'm so happy excited to, to have, have you. You know, this is going to be so much fun because Sleepaway Camp is one of my favorite horror movies and it's just so fun and enjoyable. So I'm Isn't so excited. It? Yes. And Isn't so queer. I just love it. Tell all our survivors what else you do if you have anything going on right now. All right. Well, I don't have anything going on besides my regular day-to-day uh, -day makeup artistry. So mm -hmm. if you're in Dallas, Texas, hit me up. My Instagram is at 
T-R-E-B-E-R-N-A-R-D underscore beauty. Um, so it's at Trey Bernard underscore beauty. So yeah, if you're in Dallas or you're visiting Dallas and you need your makeup done, just hit me up. When I say they will not lead you astray, they won't, okay? I'll make sure I'll link Face their- Face um, okay? Okay, not lacking. But I'm gonna make sure I link all of their links down in the show notes below. You guys are gonna have a lot of show note notes, okay? I know I, that was kind of like a double word, but you guys are gonna have a lot. There's so much that comes with this movie. But um, before we get into it, I got your park recommendation, Survivor. So I'm gonna be real simple with you, Johnny. If you like this movie, if you're just remotely interested, girl, just go ahead and watch Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. Now, the okay. only thing. So let me tell you, I did start Sleepaway Camp 2 last night. You did. I started it, but then uh-huh. I went down a rabbit hole because I was trying so hard to find return to sleepaway camp because I was like, mm. I want to watch that. But then I started it and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I cut it off and then just went about my life. Oh, no. Well, see, now I was going to say it might like throw you off a little bit at first, but I do have to say the second and third, I guess it just depends on what you like. So I didn't. So. Okay, yeah, so like I am going to go back to the second mm-hmm. one, like the official Sleepaway Camp 2, but I wanted to go find Return to Sleepaway Camp because I read that, you know, that one acted like a true sequel and skipped what happened in the second and the third. So I was like, okay, let me go give that one a chance. And I lasted only like 15 minutes and I couldn't do it. It was almost like a Wes Craven situation when he took back um, Nightmare on Elm Street and was just like, yep, yeah, new Nightmare official sequel all the rest of that didn't happen or how i just say like you can literally watch the nightmare on elm street one three and seven all the west craven touched ones and be fine but robert hiltzik was like yeah no you're doing too much i'm just gonna reclaim my movie <laughs> but yeah i'm definitely gonna go back i started it i'm gonna go back uh you know what i will say it took me a minute to warm up to daddy angela because um spoiler alert is a different one I'll talk and about I think it later. that's why I was like, let me go find the fourth one and let me watch that because I was just, I, mm-hmm. she wasn't giving it to me in the first couple of scenes that I saw. So I stopped it. It's a, I will say it's a totally different Angela. So you just have to be prepared to go in with that. Sleepaway camp. I would say like slumber party massacres, kind of goofy um, mm-hmm. in that kind of slasher way. But sleepaway camp is just such a world of its own. Um, I don't know. There's really not, you know, the new, the new, what is the one where they're all like, um, where they jump inside of a, a film? It's like Final Girls. I think that's what it's that's called. That's what I was about to say. I think it's Final Girls. I feel like that one is kind of like goofy in the sleepaway camp kind of way. But no, mm-hmm. sleepaway camp is just its own kind of thing, you know, like. And all on accident. I feel like it has to be a little intentional. I, they had to know, like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, this is stupid. I think, I think he did. I, well, I don't know because, well, I only knew this movie by the cover. I would just walk past and see like a knife sticking through a shoe. I'm like, oh, what's that? I mean, it looks kind of cheesy. I don't know what it is. And I had never seen it until 2016. But the thing was, I had it spoiled for me, but I'm gonna try to keep this spoiler free, like I said, so I'll tell you guys later in the spoiler section how it was spoiled. It was pseudo spoiled, not all the way, 
but it pretty much was. So what about you guys? Johnny, I know you. this is your first time seeing it. Trey, what was your first experience? I think I had to see Sleepwalk. Okay, so whenever I really got into like horror movies, I was like always looking for like the classic horror films and things like that. Right. That must have been around like 13 or 14 years old. So I came across Sleepaway Camp and I'm a slasher fanatic. Like I love slashers, that's my thing. Same. So I came across Sleepaway Camp and I watched it and it was not what I was expecting. I was expecting like a cheesy, well, it was like what I was expecting, but in a completely different way. It, it is right. a cheesy 80s uh, horror comedy, but it's so over the top that it just, it's different. It takes, it takes on, I feel like a genre of its own. So yeah, but I was like 13 or 14 and I remember being like, oh my gosh, like what is, what is this? Like, this is crazy. Well, I want to get right to this. So I'm about to blow through this little background <laughs> a little quick because look, I just have to know what John May is going to say. So here I go, y'all. This movie was really on time considering that horror was a really easy sale, especially around this time. This came out in 1983, right? Although, you know, this movie follows the birth of a few titans like Billy from Black Christmas, Michael from, you know, Halloween, and of course, Jason from Friday the 13th. Hiltzik's script was actually written a long little minute before, meaning this was not a ripoff of any of those movies. So at the time, he was 23, he created this, you know, horror movie based on his childhood camp experiences. But the thing he did was he wrote the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie first. And it wasn't until he found his location in Argyle, New York. It's this little camp, um, Camp Alguin. He used to go there when he was a kid, right? So he went to the owners. You know how it is. They looking out, they doing favors and stuff. And that's when he came up with the meat and everything else that goes into the movie. I like that he actually used kids in the role. You know how usually when we get movies with teenagers, we're usually getting like 20 year olds playing teens. These are actual kids and teenagers, even though most of the extras are like kids from the crew and things like that. But the point is they were all age appropriate and it works here. Definitely age appropriate and it definitely worked. I actually watched um, the documentary. I don't know if it was like the full thing. It was 45 minutes. But yeah, I definitely that was it. okay. So I watched it. Just that. ends weird. So it probably threw you off because it ends. It ends with Melissa, <laughs> and it just fades to black, and you're like, "Oh, is that it? No, okay." And then the credits come, you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it. It was very. It, that was a very insightful um, documentary. Wasn't it cute? Very Wasn't cute. Wasn't it cute? Now I do have something to say about it that I kind of noticed, and I just want to know if y'all felt it too, but. I'll come to it. And of course, y'all already know, guys, I already got the documentary link down below for you. I do think you all should watch it because it's a very good time. Speaking of shooting, this movie brought so much attention to the area that those paramedics in the movie, those are real. Ambulance, that's real. They was all yep. just like, yeah, we could do this. Like, yeah, come on. Like, they were exciting that this um, movie was coming to their little small town, giving them all this attention. Speaking of attention, you know who was fucking on it? Felissa's mama. Y'all think Hello. Chris Jenner work hard? Oh, no, 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 no. Felissa's mama. That's who worked hard. She wasn't going for her baby being in any of the killings. So all of the killings you see are done by Ricky's hands. <laughs> Even some of the body things, like um, I won't mention the exact kills, but one of the kills, you see a back of a head, it's Ricky. 
Um, another one, the most famous shot in the movie that kind of got messed up by digital restoration now, because you could tell it's Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, when it came to casting, there was a um, little interesting process. So you got Felissa Rose, right? She was 13 at the time. All she had to do was sit and stare out and pretend to eat a candy bar. Can you imagine going to an audition and they just be like, okay, sit there and just continue eating this candy bar and just zone out? I would be like, what type of... <laughs> Can you imagine coming out and telling your mom? She'd be like, what they have you do? Sit there, stare, and eat a candy bar for tingling. My mom would have been like, what type of freak shit? It's so appropriate for It is. I mean, it worked. Because, I mean, throughout the entire movie, when you just watch, because this time, at this point, I've seen the movie so many times, right? So I'm just, like, watching for little particular things. And Angela really stares down people. She like, does. that stare is different, okay? She does. Like, and I was like, I'm about to be staring at niggas like this when they get on my nerves. Like Exactly. And it's like, a, it's literally, if stale face was a person, it's Angela. Jonathan Tiersten, who was 17 at the time, ended up having to do a news report, like on his daily life, and then was told to cuss Hiltzik clean the fuck out. Because as y'all can see, um, Ricky be with the shits in this movie and don't give no Fs. And you know who this made me think of? It made me think of um, Ken Sago's audition for Dream Warriors, because he also had to cuss out the people, which... He was ready because he was already pissed off, but this not Dream Warriors, so we'll talk about that later. But yes, it made me think. I'm like, I would, I wonder if I walk in the audition, I had to cut somebody out, would I be able to do it? I'll probably laugh. Yeah, I can't cuss out anybody on command. Not on command, I don't think so, because I would probably. I can. Movie <laughs> we know you can. <laughs> no, I, I see you in action. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to get a little taste during this show. And I, and I can't wait. wait to talk about that. Like the way the kids <laughs> behave in the show is just so different. You know, that's another thing that shocked it's me. It's so different. It's something that shocked me about this movie. It's just like the way that the kids were acting and the things that they were saying. It was just. It was right? So no filter. And I loved every second of it. Y'all be talking about a good camp movie. It's this one. Wrapping up the cast, we have Karen Fields as Judy, who actually, um, it was against her and Jane Krakowski. And I was just like, hmm, because he wanted, Robert Hilton wanted Judy to be blonde to, you know, be in opposition to Angela. But I don't know if I can see Jane in that role. I feel like this was made for Karen Fields. But anyway, Christopher Collette as Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. Mike Kellen as Mel Caustic, rest in peace. He was not actually able to see the film because he passed away before the film came out. Uh, Catherine Kami as Meg. Um, we have Desiree Gold as Aunt Martha. And I want to say rest in peace to her. She actually passed away back in May, that is. And one last person, it is, you know, this is a colorful little cast, but did y'all know the situation's little brother is in this movie? What? Like Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore. Who so baby Peter, baby Peter. Oh. I did not know that. Yes, I didn't either. 
<laughs> but I will tell you, there's another celebrity who has a relative in this film. It's James Earl Jones's dad. He's the um, yes, yeah, yes. Robert Earl Jones. I thought that the name was so familiar, and they looked mm-hmm. the same. They looked alike too. And they sound you the tell same. by the voice. Yeah, yeah I'm like tell by the voice. Yes, I can't believe I almost breezed past his name. I was trying to like hurry up so we can get to the movie, but I definitely wrote his name down. But you know what? Because I got a bone to pick with his character, but it's okay. Cause he's a chef. Okay. <laughs> he's the problem. Okay. okay. We'll talk about that. A few times. A few times. That's a problem. That's a point. Look, listen, y'all can either have it spoiled for yourself. Or go back to those streaming websites that I mentioned earlier and catch it. But when we come back, we will be discussing 1983's Sleepaway Camp. Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines. Because this here is a wild ride. I cannot resist myself since I found out I got a free pass to Camp Walden last week. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You got to go listen to the Piranha episode and it'll all make sense. But today we're going to be designing the ultimate camp experience. And then at the end, we're going to tell you if we're Hallie or Annie from the Parent Trap. Yay! Okay. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> okay, so for question number one, the question is where is your camp? Is it in the woods? Is it in London? Is it off of the shore? Like, you know, kind of like it's giving Stephen King Maine. Or is it out in the mountains? I'm gonna go with the forest. What about you guys? Um, I'm gonna go with the mountains. I think that lighthouse is super cute. Ooh. I'm gonna go with the lighthouse. What are the cabins like on the inside? Is it kind of like, you know, it looks like kind of college dormish. Is it a bit modern, kind of like black aesthetic, steel type bunk beds? Completely wooden, rustic vibe? Or the outdoors with the tent? I'm going to go with option number two, you know, black aesthetic, everything black. I like it. I'm going to go with the wooden, um, the wooden one, the log one. I have mm-hmm. a thing about, you know, cabin trips and going to the mountains and stuff. I think I'm going to go with the tent, but only because, like, I feel like it's the perfect aesthetic, right? Like, you're at right. camp, so you should, like, sleep in a tent. And I've been to like summer camps. I don't know if you guys have ever been to like those summer camps. We have one called here in Texas called Sky Ranch. And mm. they have that wooden bed thing. And I just don't. It's not my aesthetic. <laughs> I like the tin. Hey, with it. <laughs> Pick a must have activity. Will it be hiking, fencing, tennis, or canoeing? I know what Johnny not picking, but Hello. I'm going to pick it. I'm going to pick canoeing. <laughs> you don't like canoeing, Jonay? See, if there's a chance that I'm going to fall in some water and I can't see in it, I ain't doing it. Canoeing is fun. But you know... Now, my... I've done it on an island in clear water. 
Wow, these are all so much fun. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go for, tennis is just not like a camp activity. That's like an everyday activity. Well, every day. <laughs> I mean, to... it is an everyday activity. Yeah, tennis is like a, tennis is like exercise almost, like, you know. Wow. My mom played tennis. I used to play tennis. I think I'll go hiking. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the canoeing too. Ooh, I got a buddy. Pick an indoor activity for the rainy days. You know, like the first week of Camp One Eighty. You know, me to do. You got to be able to shade yourself. You know. Um, do you guys want to play cards? Do you just want to sleep? Do you want to, you know, read a book? Or do you want to journal, write in your diary? I'm picking cards because I can just make up so much stuff with cards. We ain't got to play a game. I can make a card house. I can play solitaire by myself. Like, you know. Bitch, I'm asleep. Yeah, I'm just a weird bitch that I would do all of these. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go with cards because you're at camp. And one of my favorite memories of camp is playing BS. I don't know if you guys know. I love playing BS. Yeah, me BS too. was one of my, like, the most fun games I could ever. I only wanted to play, like, BS. So I'm going to go with cards. Because I just like calling people out. Because I was really clocking. Okay? Oh, you honey, cannot get I'd past like, me. Bullshit, bitch. Bullshit, nigga. Like, yes! <laughs> Pick an outfit essential. Is it some sunglasses? A plaid shirt with the suspenders? Hmm. A bandana or a swimsuit? And y'all already know. Y'all know I'm picking a swimsuit. I live in a swimsuit. Yeah, I'm picking a swimsuit. I'm going to say true to myself. And I'm going to say, you know, back in the... I don't know why I'm giving a story for all these answers. I'm going to pick sunglasses, though. We love stories. Right. I don't I don't know if you guys ever like okay, so back in the day, um, my school would like at my school that we went to, we would go to a camp every year. Um, and there was an essential that I always needed and it was a pair of Ray Ban, like the regular oh, Ray Ban glasses. Yes. <laughs> that was so two thousand eleven of me. But it yes, was. Back then, yeah. <laughs> that was what I had to do. I just can't like I I am notorious for bringing a swimsuit like I just you never know I don't swim in creek water that's what see that's one thing I, they can never I would put my feet in that see I would probably just put my feet in that I don't know I would have to it would probably be one of those things I have to try one see if I like it and then judge it after that mm-hmm. are y'all not scared of like I'm like scared okay and this is the most stupid dumbest fear but I have a fear of like wet leaves and water and like, yeah i don't like that and like feeling things at the it bottom of mm-hmm. like yeah like feeling things like yeah. brushing up against me in the water when i can't see like i just can't do it and like, that's why i sand. don't get in water i can't see in <laughs> and i can understand that <laughs> see like i don't mind sand between my toes but yeah if like seaweed or anything brushes past me i get like like weirded out i don't like it Oh, you're felt on that one. Pick a must-have camp snack. And we talked about snacks last episode, too. Um, is it going to be some peanut butter? Some Oreos? Some sour gummy worms? Or some M&M's? Um, 
Y'all know me. <laughs> sour gummy worms for me. Yes, I'm Same. a sour gummy girl. So we all pick the sours. Yeah, because I don't like peanut butter. I don't, I don't like, like chocolate or peanut butter. I can't. See, I don't like chocolate. chocolate either, Trey. Look at us twinning, because I can't fucking stand chocolate. Like if I can't stand the smell of chocolate, I I can't do it. Like if it's a brownie or a chocolate chip cookie, I'm fine. And if it's like a Oreo, if it's like a Oreo milkshake or ice cream that has like Oreos in it, I'm fine because it's not the main thing. It's drowned out by the ice cream. But by itself, oh God, no. No, I can't do chocolate. Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't do any, if it even looks like it has chocolate, like in the vicinity, I can't do it. I can't even buy chocolate. (laughs) I can't do mint chocolate. I've tried all these different chocolates. Okay, no, mint chocolate, that's a, I I can understand why you don't want that. Because it's like eating toothpaste. I'd rather eat the toothpaste than mint chocolate. (laughs) Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Listen, because when you go to, I haven't been to Olive Garden in a minute, but when you go to Olive Garden and they give you the little chocolates, I'm like, don't give me this. Yeah, I don't take it. That's disgusting. Like, what? I feel insulted. Because <laughs> I eat, like, why? Just, just give me a peppermint. Exactly. I love a peppermint now, honey. You, you can't go wrong with a peppermint, but chocolate, mm-hmm. ugh. And who wants to eat a chocolate after like they've eaten like a meal? Like, I don't know. Something about chocolate is just, it's not right. It's just not right. (laughs) I'll notice that I'm quiet over here because it's not my first choice and it's not my second choice, but I don't mind it. I I mean, if it's mixed in something, then I'm fine. But if it's like straight up by itself, I can't do it. If it's mixing something, it ruins that something. Like, that's how I feel. Like, it's not. There's no place for it here. I'm sorry. I feel about peanut butter and caramel. I, okay, now, caramel. Because I love Werther's. Werther's. Me too. Uh, I love caramel. Those are old people candies. Oh, now, but wait a minute. Good. When I cross the line, it'd be good, especially <laughs> when it comes out the purse, okay? If it don't mm-hmm. come out of purse, I don't want it. Listen, I remember there was a church lady. He used to try to give me them things all the time. I ate one. I tried. I couldn't do it. Mm-mm. Especially when they okay. started doing, like, the cream and berries one. I was Ooh. with that. It's oh, so those, those, um... So, okay, so the cream and berries one, I would suck all the cream and berries off, but once it got to the caramel, I'll spit it out. It didn't have caramel in it. What version you have? I think she's talking about... That's why. Um, drops. <laughs> she's talking about... Oh, I'm like, drops. yeah, because I'm like, this ain't had no caramel <laughs> Not this version. Oh no, you got duped. Probably so. Not bootleg candies. Oh no. Listen, church Uh ladies got everything in their purse. They do. Sometimes you can draw the shorter than the stick. And I must be a church lady, honey, because I can pull anything out of my bag. Uh oh, not the grandma from Halloween Town. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm really like Mary Poppins, like. You need a telephone. What do you like? What do you need? Cause it's in here. <laughs> what are you most homesick for? Your family, your dog, your phone, or your bed? My phone. My, I said my phone. You know what? Now that I have my child, not a dog, a child. Okay, my canine toddler, Marigold. It was. It had. I can't say anything else but Marigold. But when I used to go to summer camps, it wasn't it wasn't a dog. It was my phone. Definitely a phone. Okay, what were you guys' results? I got Annie. 
I have Hallie. Ooh. I have Hallie too. You know what? That's weird because I always identified with the British one. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I must have hit the wrong button. I can see. I know. I can honestly see that. <laughs> Yeah, I always identify with the British one. I don't. Hallie is the the tough one, right? The tomboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's not my. The quiz is wrong. It's because you pick the dog and actually staying in a tent. You're right. Probably. Probably. Yeah. That's what happens sometimes? You just need that aesthetic. But y'all ready to get into this movie? Because it's about that time. Our right card is here. I'm excited. I'm ready. Hey right, y'all. We be right back. Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks, and I'm getting very scared. Welcome to sleepaway camp. Someone is watching you. Hey, Baba Reba! Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Turn it! Turn the wheel! Oh my god! Sleep away, camp. You won't be coming home. You know, I'm pretty sure that if I was a child in the 80s and I'm sitting there watching primetime TV with my parents and I get the trail end of that trailer talking about some you'll never come home alive oh no I would never go to sleepaway camp I'd be <laughs> scarred for life you won't be coming home yeah nah you want me to go to camp this summer nah ma I'm good I'd be like did you see what was on the TV <laughs> exactly. did you not hear the kid in the beginning saying there I'm scared what, what you scared of <laughs> I actually would have wanted to go. I'm like, okay, I'm a thrill seeker. Like, Me too. I'm a thrill seeker, and I and I feel like I'm invincible for some reason. So I would have been the kid to be like, oh yeah, I'm going, I'm going, and I dare somebody, <laughs> and I dare you to try and come for me. You know, what that is? the first That's one, final babe energy. That's what that is. I kept telling y'all, I'm the final girl. You gotta have that attitude. Oh, baby, I'm I'm the final girl. And let me tell you why I know I'm the final girl. I'm pure, I'm virtuous, I'm extremely kind, I'm extremely nice. Um I'm I'm a virgin in some ways, so I'm good to go, you know? <laughs> like I'm good. <laughs> They're not coming for me. Not and also I stay out of bullshit, like right, like I'm not gonna walk. I'm not going to investigate anything. I don't care if it's my friend or not. Like, you got to be my best, you got to be my best, best friend for me to scream out your name to be like, hey, I'm leaving. Like, you got to be, we got to be close. So basically, we have to be near though. You got to be, now, my baby, I'm going to fight for, okay, honey? My, me and my baby, I, I can't, I'm not going to let them get my baby. <laughs> I'm not like for my baby, but um, others. But Marigold is like me. She's a smart gal, honey. She's a runner. She's a track star. She's out of there. Um, so yeah, we're a bunch of out of there's around here. First of all, yes, this is actually this is true. 
because Marigold hid out <laughs> while Trey was gone until the day before Trey came back and was fine the entire time, just in hiding. No, just, just didn't have time around, for it. Running around being, I feel like she's fast or something, which is which is scaring me because she's only a year and four months old. Like, what's what are you they looking for? They grow so fast. She really is getting. She's growing very fast, and she's. She's out there chasing, you know, looking for fun. And I'm like, what kind of fun are you looking for, sweet? You're seven years old. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what? I'm surprised there weren't any dogs in this movie. I'm glad because I would have been hurt if something happened to a dog. Angela's crazy. She ain't that crazy now. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if Angela will go after a dog. Oh, I wait, just, that's a I spoiler. Didn't... Are we in the spoiler section yet? Yes. Oh, yeah, we're yeah, okay. good. You're good. You're okay. completely good. Yep. So, well, let's go ahead then since we're trying to get there. The movie starts a black title card in memory of mom, a doer. And when I used to first see this, I was just like, this is a random dedication. I mean, it's not random, but you know. But then I find out that um, his mom passed in a tragic accident as this movie was getting made. Not because of that. I don't want to say it like that, but he got life insurance money from her and that's kind of how he got this movie funded. So, I mean, the least you could do was dedicate it to her, I guess. That's sad. It is sad. It's just, I guess the way I said it made it sound a different way, but I was just yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, damn. <laughs> but right in your face, we get the iconic, I can't say this word, but you know, y'all hear the strings in the back with the sleepaway camp title. Y'all hear it? At a now closed and for sale Camp Arawak, the camera sweeps around the grounds as the voices of the camp goers ring. You know, it was actually fall when they shot this and they had to spray paint some of the leaves so they would be green. They couldn't do them all, but just a small amount. No. (laughs) So the scenery changes as we meet Angela, Peter, their father, John, and Lenny, as they enjoy some family time out on the lake. Um, their family chemistry is super cute, and their accents are very, very thick. That's all I broke down. I want to know what accents these kids have. Where are they from? I don't know. It sounds They're from like New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, it sounds like oh. Jersey. <laughs> it's, it takes place in Jersey. Like, all of them are from Jersey. Like, everybody yeah. in the movie is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I just think it's just shot in the New York area, but I think all of them, as Trey said, are from that area. Is that accent um, thick? Very. <laughs> Shout Meanwhile, out to the gay dads, by the way, because I live for that. I was like, what is going You know, they don't even say it explicitly, so for the longest time, I really didn't even know what was going on mm-hmm. until I was a little bit older that I realized, like, oh, the, those are their two dads. Like, this is a, their gay dad. Right. And you know what? I'm glad you bring that up because you know what? So, you know, they're in the water and this is where the teens, we got Craig, Marianne and Dolores. They're on a boat, right? And Dolores is water skiing. As we saw in Piranha last week, Dolores is trying to tell them something. They can't hear her. And Marianne, she could care fucking less. She's trying to drive the boat. No Meg. She's trying to drive the boat. Craig is like, you're not a lifeguard. I can't let you do this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the twins, meanwhile, Angela and Peter, they playing with their daddy. They done played a prank on him. They all in the water. And that's when John's boyfriend, Lenny, calls out from the shore saying that, you know, the dock is coming. Y'all got to come on. You got to get ready. 
And this is where the dad turns to the kids and literally say, and I got to point to this, I'm coming. Dr. Thomas is coming. And the kids say, and Martha's coming? Is Ricky coming too? And they say, no, he's with his daddy. With that being said, I'm trying to figure out how do so many people get confused on the familial ties in this story? I've heard people say that Lenny was married to Aunt Martha and he's messing around with John behind their back. I'm like, where did you guys get that from? <laughs> that like, did y'all make this up? I'm very confused on where you got this from because they literally tell you that she's the aunt, she's a doctor, she's on her way. And what perfect timing for her to be on her way because she walked into a scene as the kids that were once on the boat have um, crashed into John and the kids while they were in the water. And now um, we're trying to figure out, first of all, can we talk about Lenny's reaction? <gasps> John. I was like, that's it, you just gonna stand yeah, here? That's it, I was confused. <laughs> He didn't run. He didn't try to he go save anybody. He just stood there. Maybe he Dolores was a Dolores is screaming and screaming. Save the people. We gotta save the people. Oh my God. They're in the water. Ma'am, we see the same thing you see. And she's still screaming. They're the entire shock. time. I get that. But it's just like, um, I don't have a problem with it. I think that this scene is perfect because there's just so much going on. So after all this happens, we see John's lifeless body just float past. And then you see one of the little, uh, what are they called? Little floaties rise up to the, the air. lifeguard vest. Even though I want to be a little shady and say that you can see like whoever was like holding it underwater, you could like see their hand. But y'all know I'm just bullshitting with the movie. It's one of my favorites. So I can do that at this point. So let me tell you off the bat how Johnny was stupid, right? <laughs> I already knew. I peeped which one died instantly. Mm. But then it just like left my mind because I don't think I really paid attention to the names of the kids. So mm. in the scene that's coming up, when you're introduced to Angela and her cousin Ricky, it wasn't clicking got you so when i get to the end i was like wait what <laughs> but that's like the beauty of the film though because they don't hide it like they don't hide yeah. it like, like you but you assume right because it's so outlandish at the time that you know that can't be what's going on so you, your mind just is like it tricks you into thinking like every but that you didn't see what you saw but you saw you see what right you saw. I saw which one died and I was like that's clearly the boy that's left and then I don't know I it just the thought left my mind and then I just went along with the movie mm. <laughs> and when I got to the end I was like wait what <laughs> so flash forwarding eight years later and Martha, everyone's favorite, calls Ricky and Angela down to get ready to leave for camp. Um, Desiree Gold, the actress who played Aunt Martha, she said like this was really hard for her to play because when she read the script, she was like, what the hell are these lines? Like, She described them as slanted. She was just like, um, yeah, I was just like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. Uh, I don't know. But Hiltik demanded an insistent that she was going to do these lines. Like, I don't care what I got to make you do. You're going to do it. But her her mannerisms throughout, the way she zones out and just like puts her hand on her face. 
oh no, I'm afraid that won't do at all. Like you're like so amazed and not like amazed like she does a grand ballpark job. She does a great job, but it's just so uncanny and out of the ordinary the way she acts. And I'm just like, well, what was living with this lady is like, why is she yelling? (laughs) That was me. I was like, why is she yelling? She's very dramatic and it's Mm -hmm. almost giving like, it's like giving fake nice, like it's giving like what mommy dearest would act like in front of company. Yeah. It's giving that, but I love it because she's just so quirky and out there. Like they give you all the information you need to know that something is not right with this family Mm -hmm. from her to the way, you know, Angela behaves throughout the film. Like they let you know something's off, but you never expect like what's coming if you've never seen it. So. Right. Before she sends the two off to camp with their little snack bag of goodies, a ribbon on her finger barely reminds her of their physicals. But, you know, they got to keep it. They got to keep it on the hush. Even though Aunt Martha is a doctor, they probably wouldn't approve of these physicals. So, you know, there you go. A little something right there. But this was also Felissa's and Jonathan's first time interacting with Desiree. And the whole movie, Hiltzik was keeping everything under wraps. So they really didn't know what the movie was, where things were going, let alone, honestly, the full character of their characters themselves. So when they were acting with her, they didn't know if like she couldn't act or if she was told to do this. And Tirsten, he was just like, I was just like, I'm just going to say my lines and just get this over with because I don't know. So a lot of his reactions are genuine because he's like super confused and lost on what's going on. Because the part when she stares at her finger and he's like, well, what is it already? <laughs> I feel like he was serious. Like He was really like, you okay. Good? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I just needed a little more Aunt Martha in this movie because I feel like we did not get enough of her, but it is okay. No, honestly, they should have made her the nurse or something. Like, she should have went with them because she is such a character. Something. Can you imagine her just popping up? Angela! (laughs) It's just in the middle of a camp scene. And just so off the wall. Just so weird. Like, girl, what is going on? (laughs) Something. I just wanted more of her. Pulling up to Camp Arawak by the busload, Ronnie and Mel fail to get order while the kitchen staff just watching the cut. One of them, Artie, disgustingly prays on the kids, referring to them as baldies as the staff just laugh it off. I'm that like, so um, <laughs> Robert Earl Jones. I got pissed. I got pissed. Mr. Ben. So bad. Um, he's just gonna laugh. I'm like, laugh. Why are we laughing at this? this? And then, I mean, y'all just know this man do this. Oh, well. Oh, and, well. and then it made me, like, think about, it made me go left a little bit because then I, I, made, I was kind of feeling some type of way because I was like, damn, is it weird when, like, you're dating someone and they, like, prefer that you're bald? You well, know well, oh, we'll see. Lord Jesus, what is this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, wait, baldies? And then I was like, ew. No, literally. I feel like, no, our whole society sexualizes youthfulness. Mm -hmm. So it's a part of that. It's just like, I was having a conversation today where people say like a lot of kids are dressing grown. 
And the person I was talking to, they pointed out, and I kind of agree with them. They was like, no, I don't think that's it. I think adults are dressing younger. Like take it, for example, a lot of things that we do for aesthetic, some of that is like rooted in childishness, like how some of us might put like the little balls and barrettes in our hair now because it's stylish and cute. But those are what kids wear or a lot like when baby doll dresses were a thing, like why were we, well, I don't know how old we were. I think we were teenagers when that was a thing. But the point is we're dressing like kids. Like even the matching, when we wear matching sets sometimes, it does kind of make me think of Oshkosh Big Osh. Like I, it, that's just what it's giving sometimes. Yeah. I feel like it's, I feel like it's weird to me because I feel like the last thing someone who's like, interested in children is looking for is a child that's like dressed like an adult like mm-hmm. so I think it's weird when people like sexualize children based off like the clothes that they're wearing because I feel like Same. it's just you know if somebody's gonna be, be like that it doesn't matter what the kid is wearing like that's right. you know what they're gonna do regardless like this like this guy like the creep uh chef you know, he's mm-hmm. not like, oh, she's wearing, she's wearing a mini skirt. He's, these kids are wearing shorts and t-shirts and he's like, you know, being inappropriate and disgusting. So it's crazy. Ricky introduces a shy Angela to Paul, Ricky's friend, who was also a regular at the camp, who mentions Judy, Ricky's little boo thing from last summer, who apparently has some major developments since then. As Ricky shows his cousin around to her cabin, he spots Judy and calls out to her, but Judy plays him off talking to the group of older boys. And then once again, when he tries to call her out on it, can we talk about the icon that is Judy for two seconds? This side ponytail. That's my girl. That's my girl. (laughs) And I want a shirt that got my name on it, just so you all know. Hey, they might not read it like the people at the pool. Oh, wow. <laughs> Listen, y'all, we in Vegas, right? Ashley has her nameplate necklace on. And this dude come up to her and was like, hey, what's your name? But then another dude. Had them huge on us. my ears, too. But then another dude came up to us at one point and was like, hey, Ashley, how you doing? How are you enjoying the pool? And I'm like, you know her? And he was like, I read her necklace. <laughs> So there's two people in the world, two types of people in the world. People that literally people that don't. <laughs> Within minutes of each other. Mm-hmm. Which pool was this at? Because y'all were just left, y'all left me hanging, honey. But you know what? I left myself hanging. So, honey, y'all was gone. Y'all was some gone girls. I was like, where's everybody? <laughs> they gone here. They gone there. My Amy done. This was at uh Morea Beach Club at Mandalay Bay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't make it to oh, that is- one. Saturday when they yeah, Saturday. Saturday. oh y'all was going to see fast y'all went to see fast man oh yes 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 inside the girl's cabin Meg that's Meg M-E-G not Meg just in case y'all was confused <laughs> introduces herself and Susie as the camp counselors all while Judy peeps Angela staring a little too long and she don't like that off rip off jump Judy and Meg on that with Angela, which gets worse with everything that Angela does or doesn't do. Like for the fact that Angela won't eat and it's been a few days and it's it's truly upsetting Judy and her homegirl. 
And you know what? I want to know. I want to see a movie like what happened before this. I want to know what happened last summer because Judy and um, Ricky, what happened between y'all? Because the way y'all been acting through this movie, like who hurt who? Because something happened. And then I'm sure that Meg was probably a camp goer as well. And this year she probably, you know, she got a little position. So now Judy about to be getting a free ride and just feel like she could do whatever. You know how that go, have friends do. My friend in charge, so I ain't got to do this, da, 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 da. That's that energy they give in right now. So in the mess hall, Meg goes over to Ronnie and Mel. The latter, if you peep, Mel was being a creep from the jump. I was trying to figure out where did this all come from. When Meg goes over there, Mel instantly wraps his arm around her waist and is just looking her up and down whole time while she's telling them about Angela. And Ronnie goes to take Angela to the kitchen where he asks Artie to find her something to eat. All right. I don't think I did this because I was very, very excited. So trigger warning for this movie, um, sexual abuse against kids in a few ways, more than one. And I guess that kind of generally sums up the trigger warnings for this movie. So Artie takes Angela to the back where he intends to molest her. But in the nick of time, thank the Lord, Ricky comes in as Artie is unfastening his pants Artie threatens them not to say anything. And then the two flee from the kitchen. Mel, who saw them flee, does not say anything. Artie's just like, just got scared. Scared of what? The snake? And you're not going to say nothing, Mel? Them poor kids. No, also, really. poor Ricky, because he said that they filmed that part a million times of him getting slammed against that... Um, that wall with like no that. stunt coordinator. I saw that. I saw that somewhere. I'm glad you brought that up. And I guess this is appropriate to say here. When you watch that documentary, it kind of sounds like they both had two separate experiences. Like Felissa is like all happy on cloud nine. And it seems like Tirsten is more kind of like, it was cool, but I kind of remember a whole different process. It just seems like Jonathan is more jaded. He was I 17 like at the time active. and yeah. she was seven, well, 13. Also more active in the movie. Like most of the scenes, you know, he's in most of the scenes. He's got a lot to do. He, he's got a lot of physical things to do in this movie, you know, and what's her name? Fel- Felicia, Felicity. Mm-hmm. Felissa. Felissa. She, you know, she just sits there and looks crazy and says a couple of lines here and there. Right. So for her, it's more or less, I'm just happy to be here. This is my first movie role. I'm excited. I'm a child. I'm shielded from the world. Whereas Ricky, he was like, I'm in the trenches. Later that day, while preparing corn in the largest pot of boiling water I've ever seen. Now, I've seen some big pots, but this one took the cake. Girl, you need to go to the south and get you a good seafood boil. Those pots are huge, just like that. Yeah. Like that tall, too. Yeah, you gotta get all the seafood in there. Yes. Like I've seen, like we have gumbo? a gumbo pot. Yeah, no, we have a gumbo pot, but it ain't that tall though. It's big, but it ain't that tall. And then we even have another one for when my dad fries turkeys, but it ain't that tall though. I ain't never seen one that tall. He's making food for quite a few kids. And that's right. Like and I understand food. that. Yeah, that's like yeah. But they do have like really big tall pots. And have you ever been to New Orleans? And like go to a seafood restaurant 
where they like mm. cook the food and you can see it, you will see one. Well, he definitely saw the bottom of it once he got knocked out that chair and got doused and burned and all that hot water. Um, <laughs> this is the perfect time to talk about Mr. Ed French, who actually did the special effects. This one is one of my favorite ones because he's just screaming again with the screaming. And we look at him, his entire face has been just obliterated and burns. You can see all of like the boils just popping and the postules and all of that. And what they did was once they got the prosthetics on him, he's lying flat on a board. And then there are some tools basically running up through the prosthetics. And it's like this gelatin that's just like pulsating mm-hmm. through the boils, making them pop and stuff. And it's like, if you look at his face, you can see like them pulsating in and out. And oh, oh, it just looks so good. But even along with that, even though Ed French had nothing to do with this, this was just part of the camp design. I didn't notice until I watched this exact time now, I noticed those fly traps. Those fly traps are not hard to miss at all. But I just didn't notice, like, all of the insects that are just naturally flying around. But it makes the movie even more. It gives it Girl, more. I definitely noticed those flies and possibly roaches that was crawling on the pots in, in behind. the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yes. I noticed that, too. You know, Mel tries to write off Artie's injuries as an accident. We just like, really, nigga? Okay, so this whole scene where he's telling Ronnie to stay quiet and then paying off Ben and the rest of the staff to stay quiet, you know, he gave a little promo bump too. He was just like, you know, just tell him he left for another job. But during this entire scene, you just see bugs all through the back, just flying Mm -hmm. everywhere. I'm just like, y'all is really in a camp. I mean, they really were in a camp kitchen, but I'm just like, wow, y'all got this aesthetic for free, (laughs) but it works. It's like, there's nothing wrong with it. It actually works. He must have been cooking that porridge for a long time to burn him like that. Because those big pots are hard to heat up. Yeah, he um, yeah. was, because remember, he walked away and came mm-hmm. back when he ran out the salt. Um, but he was definitely waiting for it to get nice and boily. Well, that's what he get. And that's exactly, mm-hmm. he got what he deserved. I feel I, like I'm not even mad. I liked it. The kills in this movie, are, I feel like, are all kind of deserved. Um, yep. As, oh, 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 because it's one, it's one that I will get to because I mentioned it a little bit last week, but it's one that we're going to get to. But <clears throat> Ricky and the rest of Cabin 19 play a prank on Mozart, who I personally feel is very underutilized in this movie, but I will also come back to that later. Gene, their counselor, comes in to bring them to play a game of baseball with the older boys. Now, with some money on the line, there's a long baseball scene, but I also don't mind it because the banter is fire. Yes. Eat shit and die, Ricky. He shouldn't live, Bill. Just kills me. And what a straight face. It, would you want to eat shit and live? Like, no. That would was, you? That's one of my favorite lines from this movie. Eat shit and live. <laughs> So the young boys end up winning. This sparks an even bigger war between the groups. That night at a dance in the recreation cabin, Angela is approached by Kenny and Mike. They literally mock her for being weird, prompting Ricky with his big old head. 
he thought he was about to fuck him up at the party. He was up in his cabin. He was probably like, what I'm about to wear to this social, this hat, I'm about to kill him. He walks in, instantly sees them messing with his cousin, checks Kenny, and starts a fight with Damier, all the boys in the mess hall. This um little middle finger, did y'all see that boy walk past and give the finger? Nobody noticed him. It's the funniest middle finger I've ever seen in my life. I think I missed that part. This boy literally just walks past. I don't know why I'm doing it like you guys can see me, but it's funny. But the other thing I peeped, it's a whole group of little kids, like small children. I know it's children at the camp, but they are all in the back, like just sitting on the ground, like they playing patty cake in a circle or something. I'm like, why they not sleep? That's a good question. They just love watching this action, watching these teenage boys fighting and Ricky cussing everybody out. Yeah, how can you sleep when all that commotion is going on? Well, I mean, they were in the um, rec hall. So the kids, they would have been in their little bunk. They just had them sitting there in a circle on the ground. It's probably doing some kind of witch chants or something. Mm -mm. Paul stays behind and befriends Angela by, you know, telling her some shit they did back in the day when him and Ricky, you know, penny raids, all that. They was getting in trouble, all that good stuff. Prompting Angela, you know, she kind of feeling him a little bit. She's seeing that he cool people. And when he leaves, she speaks for the first time, telling him good night. And first of all, he was giddy as hell to hear her speak. But you know who was mad? Judy. I thought that was cute, though. You know, she liked herself some little Paul. I mean, that was cute between them. But I'm just trying to figure out what Judy was hating from Elsa at the club. Because everybody wasn't paying attention to her, only her. Yeah, they definitely wasn't paying attention. Definitely when they tried to switch those two boys out and put those other two boys in, like we weren't going to notice, but it's okay. It's fine. You know what? You know who Judy is and nobody else is going to know this, but you know, I feel like, you know how, you know how a little clubhouse group treats a certain someone. Oh my gosh. gosh. They're just being mean. Judy is mean. Judy was mean. Miss Tingo, Angela, them, honey, they better be careful. Okay. And she don't play. She get everybody. The older boys meet up with the girls at the lake after the social. They was trying to get Angela though, but you know, Angela, she she don't got time for none of that. The first time I watched this, I don't know if you guys are looking, but there's a girl that's standing all the way to the left of the screen. I thought she was one of the boys. And it's not because she's tall. It's just because she, I don't know, for some reason, she stood out from the rest of the girls, but she also had on blue like everybody else. I don't know if anybody else feels me on that part, but she threw me off for two seconds. Anyway, over the girls. Rosie from Real Housewives of New Jersey. That oh, he is? If you don't watch, no, no, no. If you don't watch Real Housewives of New Jersey, you won't get it. But there's a character, oh, okay. there's a person who's on, not a character because it's reality, but there's a person who's on Real Housewives of New Jersey from like the earlier seasons and her name was Rosie and she's like super butch and she's like humongous and she's like, like oh. very masculine built and you would mm. think she was one of the boys. Basically Betty DeVille, basically. basically. <laughs> I love Betty DeVille, I'm just saying, but that's just in case nobody else knows. That there's your prototype right there. So over the girls, because they not about to jump in the lake. It's late. It's dark. We're not doing this tonight. No. All the guys jump in the lake, asked out, as Kenny and Mike, who was just smoking under the canoes, come up trying to get Leslie to go row with Kenny. 
She agrees, but once they're out there, he jokes about the water snakes and overturns the boat. Leslie furiously swims away as Kenny, underneath the underturned boat, is attacked and pushed under the water, drowned by someone. Um, Mike, I don't know why Mike was cracking me up when he was like, obviously he's high and he's giggling around the girls because I don't know about y'all, but I've encountered people that act like that, like as a teenager, I encountered people that act like that. And it was so natural to me that they would do that. I imagine, walk with me really quick. I imagine that Kenny's death and Leslie swimming away was supposed to like happen in tandem. Cause like, if she swam away, why would he go under the canoe and start talking to her? You know what I'm saying? I think it, it, uh, like you get what I'm saying? Like the editing obviously doesn't show us that. But I'm making up my own thing here. But I'm saying, like, if this was edited differently, we probably would have seen them, like, fall out of the canoe, right? Then we see Kenny come up under the canoe as Leslie's swimming away, but hear him, like, calling her as she's swimming away. I know that doesn't happen in the movie, but I'm saying, like, I feel like that's, like, the best explanation for, like, why would he do this? Like, you knew she, she, you knew she was gone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just didn't think that he knew that she was gone. That's my little explanation for it. Also, I can never spot the change in girls. So the girl that originally played Leslie, don't ask me how because I don't know, but she was unavailable to shoot the part where she like, I guess, swims away or gets out the water. I don't know. She couldn't do something. So Rob's girlfriend at the time, now his wife, Minnie Hiltzik, ended up doing it and everybody's like it's two different girls I can never tell the difference I didn't notice that um people actors changed (laughs) I I swear to you I never clocked the difference and I pay attention to that scene every time I watch the movie since learning that like some years ago and I can never clock the change it looks like the same girl like somebody helped me out because it looked like the exact same girl to me yeah I didn't know The next morning, Hal, a lifeguard, already mad at the world that he's cleaning, but quickly turns into shock as he discovers Kenny's body with, you know, they were talking about water snakes, and it's one sliding right out of his body. This life cast looks so good. It did. I mean, I doubt his body would have decayed that quick. I don't even think it's decay. I think the piranhas came and got him. Apparently, they got over here, too, to Camp Arawak. I think they took a few nibbles at him. (laughs) so Mel ends up deeming this too as an accident despite the suspicion from Ronnie and police officer Frank Britton but you know Ronnie eventually mentions that Kenny was actually a good swimmer kind of suspicious later that day Paul talks with Angela asking her to the movies in the rec room later while she sits out of a volleyball game much to the irritation of Judy Meg tells Angela that she either has to participate or do nothing at all, which includes talking to boys. But you know what? A real one swoops in and saves the day. Yes, Susie shutting it down real quick. And, you know, Angela is very selective with who she mess with and who she don't. And clearly Susie is good people because she talked to Susie, but she's not talking to Meg nor Judy because why? That evening, Paul and Angela leave the rec room hand in hand. Thank you to whatever. As a still mad Judy watches them, Paul attempts to kiss Angela twice 
when they're back at her cabin but she no she ain't have a real good reaction to that and she just kind of ends the night and the music for this part was so trying for me because the first time he kisses her you can feel like yourself how uncomfortable Angela is this is a lot for her at the moment you know what I'm saying I never got like why he was into Angela because Angela just seems like she's a little off I don't know that just feels odd to me she's a sweet girl but she's a she's off she's mm-hmm. she's got some she's got some issues she's working through some things as we so all I hate to do this to Paul but I wonder is it like uh he kind of figured that he can like maybe have an easier time manipulating her or getting exactly. her to do things it always he feels like that when you know in movies where someone's a little different mm-hmm. and people are trying to like seduce them like what is what are you interested in like what's it's odd later on a little whipped cream prank goes left when mozart brandishes a knife but it's quickly intercepted by gene for purposes here's our murder weapon people the next day at the lake paul sits beside angela and on cue comes judy sis is so petty but i was loving it oh look at the lovebirds and then once Paul said whatever he got to say, and she just twirled, sorry. I could not take it. I'm like, why are you being annoying? Why are you irritating these kids, Judy? Leave them alone, girl. But of course, Judy goes to tell Meg, and on cue, Meg just storms towards them, and Paul's just like, all right, I'm about to go. I'm out. <laughs> Meg, because <laughs> first of all, when I seen Meg come, I knew she was about to be on that good bullshit. I was like, okay. What you about to do now? But she really showed her ass because she started asking Angela if she was going to swim and Angela just sat there. And Megan got so pissed that she started shaking her. I was like, wait, but she was really ragdolling Angela. Like Angela was getting ragdolled in that seat until Ronnie comes over there, pulls Megan off of her and is just like, sis, like, what are you doing? go work and then come meet me after work because you're doing a lot that's the best revenge though like when somebody is like bullies they don't know how to respond when you just don't do shit inadvertently (laughs) it makes them look crazy right but I see it from a different perspective because I think she was frustrated with Angela because Angela was Because Angela wouldn't talk. And I would be frustrated too. I'd be like, okay, little bitch, if you're going to be mute, if you're going to be silent, (laughs) then you need to go home. Okay, I'm calling your mom. Because I mean, even to further your point, remember I said earlier, you see Angela is selective with who she talks to. She'll talk to Susie. She'll talk to Paul. Clearly she talked to Ricky. She'll talk to Ronnie. That's it. Her circle's small. She ain't fucking with y'all. She not talking to y'all. Because also all them other little people were off. Like, I'm not about to talk to you and you talking to me like you crazy. Exactly. She only talked to the people who were nice to her. Everybody else was fucking rude. As she should. And I can, I agree with that, but she's a counselor, right? So you don't have to talk to the kids, right? But the counselor, you know, she's asking you a question, you know, you don't answer. Girl, if I was one of the counselors at that camp, I'd be like, I can't deal with her. Somebody else don't have to deal with Angela because I, I just couldn't do it. She, I can't do that <laughs> no talking thing. 
girl, come on now. And especially if you can talk, like if you can talk and you're talking to people and you just gonna ignore me, baby, that would get on my nerves too. But I understand from Angela's perspective as well. But no, it would get on my nerves. In the girl's cabin, Judy approaches Angela and is angry, claiming that she got Meg in trouble. Judy starts getting at Angela again and asks her why she will not take a shower or go swimming or change clothes with the other girls. Angela still ain't answering. It's still silent treatment. Judy gets so upset that she just goes OC with it. She's talking about how Angela ain't reached puberty yet. She's a real carpenter's dream. Flat as a board and needs a screw. She could not wait to say that. And Susie reluctantly slapped the hell out of her. She ain't want to, but it was it was too much. It was a lot happening. She was verbally oh, yeah. assaulting this girl. Smack the bitch. <laughs> And John A, you said, no, I'm ready. Smack the bitch. <laughs> like, you doing too much. No, it was the way that Angela just got out. I'm going to see my cousin and just leave. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. All the time, Susie is still like shook from what she did. Angela's just like, all right, peace out, y'all. On her way, she gets hit with a water balloon by Billy and his friends from the rooftop of their cabin. Yes, these boys were on the cabin having a full-blown water fight. How no one fell, I don't know. I guess we'll never know. But you know what? Guess who walked outside at the right motherfucking time? Motherfucking Ricky. Cussing everybody out. On site, don't give no fucks until Mel comes around and start yelling at everybody. Gets them off of the roof. Then Ricky gets in trouble. First of all, Ricky really did not care mel was standing right there and he goes those cocksuckers hit my cousin i can't even be mad at you ricky i would probably still be glad ricky the mouth too. So funny. and he is one of the best parts of this movie and him just running around cursing acting a fool <laughs> just ricky ricky don't care don't okay? care i mean i all. get it he be at look listen he be at home all year with his mama He'd probably be ready to come to camp and let loose, okay? Just cussing everybody out, honey. And Angela <laughs> don't even talk. Like, what's going on? One, one of the kids talk too much. One of them don't talk. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Sometime later, while his friends go off to play baseball, Billy stays behind in the cabinet. You know, he got to take a wicked dump. Someone locks him in the toilet stall. Then goes back around to cut the screen behind Billy, shakes a hive full of bees into the room. And Billy struggles, but finally breaks out of the stall, but is stung to death with the bees swarming his entire body. See, and this made me mad a little bit because why your ass ain't just crawl underneath the stall? That is a common question that a lot of people ask Billy. I don't think we can ask because I've been in a panic. See, because I would be in a panic too, though. Like if that happened to me, I wouldn't even be thinking straight to like be like, "Oh, just mm-hmm. on the stall." I just be like, "Oh shit, there's bees everywhere!" Like, how? What? Uh-uh. I've been locked in the stall before. I have definitely crawled underneath to get the fuck with out. Bees? No, with not bees, with bees. Though? But I mean, like locked in the bathroom stall. No, yeah. If you just locked in the bathroom stall, of course you'll think. But like when you're like being stung by bees and stuff, and you just got a lot going on. It's a lot going on around you. Sometimes you don't be thinking straight because I know mm-hmm. I would. 
So Mel learns about Billy's death and confers with Ronnie, who informs him that, you know, um, since all this topsy-turviness has been happening, parents been snatching their kids out of camp left and right. We only got 25 kids left. So what you trying to do? Hmm. So Mel, you know, he just like, I am ruined. What the fuck is happening this summer? But even growing more paranoid, he thinks that Ricky is the killer due to seeing the hate in his eyes, you know, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, and his threats on top of that. And, um, you know, both of the boys that have been killed um, all bullied Ricky. I knew Ricky wasn't the killer because Ricky would have killed them in front of everybody. Like Ricky is a rowdy, rowdy wrestler, you know? He's in, he's so passionate and in the moment. Why would he kill somebody, you know, after the fact? He would do it right then and there. Also, where are the police? If people are being murdered in this camp left and right, and people are removing their kids, no one's calling the cops. Like, no one's alerting the authorities on what's going on. That's one thing that always trips me out about Sleepaway Camp. And There's I know that- always we- been mysterious accidents. Like, someone falls into a pot of boiling water. Okay. But you still call the damn cops. I mean, you still call the police. Right. And if somebody dies at a, a sleepaway camp, don't they have to like close the camp down? Like you, the right. camp closes down. This dude is just keeping these kids. Like you already got the money. Like what you need to keep the kids there for? Like it's crazy. I'm just gonna say it's the '80s. <laughs> That's right. That's all I can say. I don't even know what else to do about that because Angela is waiting around outside and is scared by Paul, who she mistakes as the killer. Even asking, you know, like, well, what happened to Billy? Like. How we know it ain't you, Paul. Running off to the beach, Paul and Angela, you know, they start making out, you know, they cute, they getting fresh, whatever. But Paul takes it a little bit too far, getting touchy. Angela stops him, but he continues anyway. Talking about, I'm not doing anything. You're doing too much and she don't like it. Stop. So this triggers a flashback to her youth when she and her twin Peter witnessed her father in bed with Lenny. The flashback ends with the twins sitting face-to-face on a rotating bed as Peter points towards Angela, his finger getting closer and closer until she snaps out of her trance, pushing Paul off of her and running off. Now, time out. A lot of people be saying like they be thrown off and confused, like what the fuck just happened in this little flashback? And it's literally the movie telling you the end when you think about it. Like think about it how I just explained it, right? Knowing what you know about the end and you see him sitting on the bed across from his sister and it's like he's just staring at her and just pointing at her. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm you now, you know, and I've heard other people explain it as the part where they're in the bed and he's pointing at her as them imitating what they saw their dad and Lenny do. But I'm like, I don't think that's it. I think it's the first one that I just said. Like, I think it's him, like, um, So actually, I went left like the rest of the the population. I thought that. I got a little scared. (laughs) No, I didn't, I never thought that. I always knew it was like some kind of like, and I think it was almost like a soul, I thought it was like a soul shift or something like that. Like. Like they were like doing some kind of like like magic thing, Mm-mm. but now I think it's just symbolic of the Not fact the heart that, of Dambala. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I now I think it's just the fact that yeah, it's obviously just that um, 
Angela became Angela, you know, after whatever happened. But Mm -hmm. I always, I never knew why they showed the fathers together. And that's why I think some people think that from the beginning that one of those was the aunt's husband. Um, So I think they show the fathers because when you think about it, they show on the fathers, right? Yeah. Angela's having a flashback while Paul is filling her up. They're literally in the same position as John and Lenny were in the bed. And she's probably thinking like, is this supposed to happen is like I like it's a lot you get it you get what I'm saying yes like that immediately made her think of her dad and Lenny because she saw that and now it's happening to her except yeah I agree with you I agree with that that's but that like I think this has just been me seeing it so many times and internalizing it for myself because I'm not gonna stun obviously when I seen it for the first time I didn't know what was going on either but I needed to know. And y'all know how I am. If I need to know, I need to know. <laughs> After this interaction, Angela is just not with it at all with Paul. She is good off him. She don't even want a hug from little dusty Paul, okay? He's so confused and butthurt by her rejection that he's easily seduced by Judy, who on some slick shit lures him away from the game of capture the flag. So, you know, later on, those two are found kissing by Angela and Ricky because Angela and Ricky, they, you know, they on some cousin shit. We about to win this game and catch it a flag. You go this way. I'm going to go this way. During a plan, they just happen to run into Paul and Judy just swapping spit in the woods. And uh, (laughs) besides um, Angela and Paul, I still want to know what happened between Ricky and Judy. Because they little acting, and I know they're kids, which makes it even better. What happened last summer between y'all? Because y'all real life hate each other. Like y'all been dating for years. And I want to know. I'm nosy. I need somebody to get on that. Somebody make a movie. I don't know. I think that they started, well, May, I think she started feeling herself because she probably went back to school. She got, she's got boobs now during the school year, mm-hmm. started smelling herself because now the little boys are all on her because she got boobs and she developing. So Ricky came to the camp thinking, you know, oh, I got my little camp boo, whatever, whatever. But she seen Ricky and she like, oh, these little, these, I don't want him because all these other little boys are paying me attention now. So why do I want you? And I can get all these other little boys. So she played him to the left and now Ricky like, fuck you, bitch. And now she like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I also think that she's just like a bully and he just hates the fact that she bullies like his, his cousin. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's what their real issue is, is that she's always being mean to... Angela but I do think maybe they used to date you know they did that was his little boot thing last summer now she acting all brand new mm-hmm. it's the booze and the side ponytail that's what it is she mastered it she got her look down feeling guilty about what happened between him and Judy Paul attempts to explain himself to Angela while on the beach but this time you know like I said she she good off him it's silent treatment for you Paul As Paul continues to try to talk to Angela, he's put on blast by Judy, who claims not only did I kiss your man, your man told me that you are a prude. And I'm just like, not you talking this shit on Angela's name. And Angela was even devastated. I don't know if y'all paid attention to her when she told her, but she looked at Paul like, now hold up. Yeah, she did. 
and he don't even defend himself. He just leaves. I'm because like, so he you know he's wrong. Exactly. So you knew you said it. So now Judy and Meg then start double teaming Angela. Meg then picked this girl up over the shoulder and is about to throw Angela in the water. Now we ain't never heard Angela's volume go past two. Okay. Three at best. This child is screaming, hollering for someone to save her. And I peeped two adults around this area while this is going on besides Mel and Ronnie because they was occupied with some other stuff where was y'all um Camp Arawak I need y'all to do some better training on your counselors because what was happening here okay so Ronnie and Mel well Ronnie he lifting weights in the cut you know he got to show off them short shorts but Ricky tried to save Angela but he got blocked by Mel who is just hell bent on the fact that Ricky is killing everybody. It's not fact, but you know, in Mel's head, it's a fact. Ricky finally gets free, rushing to Angela's side as you know, Halden finally came over and pulled the poor girl out. And while they're leaving the beach, kids are throwing sand at Angela, adding insult to injury, but it's cool. We gonna get them back cause don't even worry about it. That was such a sad scene. It is. I'm it's just saying it's a lie. That, that child so bad. Because it's also okay, besides knowing what we know, she could still have trauma from that accident in general. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's the main thing that I was thinking about. Like she was in the water, her her dad and brother died. And now you saying he gonna throw me in the water. Like And it's like, I just feel like in your training or like when you find out your bunk of kids, your cabin, I feel like these are stuff you should know. These are things you should know about your kids. Be like, oh, she's triggered by this. We probably should not have her around the beach when we're doing these unless she wants to. But clearly there's a reason. Okay. So that night, Ronnie gives the counselors their duties for the evening. He sends Eddie with the youngest campers for an overnight camping trip and gives Meg's the night off. So Meg, she's like, I bet I got the night off. Niggas have to be sent dick. First of all, no. Mm-mm. No mail. This is what you do? You go to mail? All the boys on that camp and that's where you go? Okay. I guess she was trying to secure a sugar daddy, but that's not the way, honey. You're right. That's the same thing I was thinking. I'm like, oh, she just must need some help. I mean, she, no, first now? of all, first of all, if, if our little theory is correct and, you know, this is Megan's first year as being a camp counselor, she's fairly young. So she got to be like 17, 18. I'm going to give her that. At that age, we got the idea of a sugar daddy, but we ain't got the full grasp. So I'm just like, sis, what are you doing? Um, that there's not for you. All them boys there. All them boys there. I don't know why she didn't sleep with the hot counselor. What's his name? Ronnie. Ronnie, honey. I don't know why she wasn't sleeping with Ronnie. And to this day, in real life, still has a head full of hair. Girl, missed out. So I'm not condoning none of this, but I'm just saying, if you were going to choose short shorts over there, okay? Keeping her date a secret, she gets ready, but there's a line for the shower at her cabin, so she goes to an empty one to prepare. During the shower, she's stabbed in the back. Her disappearance goes unnoticed for a little bit 
as the camp activities go on per usual. You know, it's a little social in the wreck and Eddie is taking the kids out to the wood. Outside in the rec hall, Paul approaches Angela again and tries to apologize again. And Angela, she's just like, you know what? Meet me at the waterfront after the social. And Paul like, oh, okay, bet. Shadi, she, I'm breaking her. Okay, I right. keep thinking that. Remember Eddie, who I mentioned earlier? So, you know, after he got those little kids set up for their overnight trip, two of them wasn't going for it. They want to go home. So Eddie ends up taking them back while the other three are sleeping. And when Eddie comes back, he walks in to find out that the three kids that he left there then get fucking axed to death. Like, it's a hand dangling there. If you looked at the scene really closely, there's just a hand just there. Hi, survivors. AJ here. Um, I know we normally don't interrupt the show like this, but you know, sometimes I be having thoughts while I be editing and I gotta get them out, right? So, at this point, and spoilers for Fear Street Part 2, so if you haven't seen that, just go ahead, skip over this, act like it ain't happened. But if you did, y'all know the scene where Tom goes into the cabin or, um, can't really remember what it is but it's a cabin and he f's up all those kids and we just hear the axe swinging and the blood slashing and the kids screaming and all that well that's what i imagine angela did when she axed these kids in the woods and that's it <laughs> I also want to give props to Eddie because I genuinely believed his reaction. Like that was a real reaction if I ever seen one in a horror movie. That just made me mad though. Like, how are you gonna leave the kids, the rest of the kids out there? Like, I could never. I wonder why two camp okay, well, I know why, because movies got a movie. But I feel like you would send two camp counselors out. We just all would have went back. I would have woke them kids up. All right, let's go. All right, camp over, chip over. <laughs> so this was the kill I was talking about, y'all. When I said it's FTK, even though Hiltik, he's like, you know, I probably wouldn't have did that because, you know, they all they did was throw sand at her. That's enough. Why are you throwing sand at people? Exactly. No home training. Why are you throwing sand at people? So I don't feel bad about them kids getting hacked up. I really don't. All they did. That was a, that was a lot. Okay. That was enough. That was okay. You know how hard it is to get wet sand off your body, let alone just sand? Like, no. And it was humiliating. She had already been through a trauma. And then y'all just gonna humiliate the girl after the trauma? Y'all got what y'all deserved. Okay. I don't feel bad for them kids. They shouldn't have did it. Like, them two kids that wanted to go home got lucky. Consider yourself blessed, honey. Meanwhile... Mike and Judy make out in her cabin while everyone else is at the social. Mel, who just left the social, stops in looking for Meg and Judy directs him to the empty cabin. After Mel leaves, Mike opts to leave because, you know, he ain't trying to get caught this too. It was already a lot going on, you know. Judy already kissing everybody. Now you're kissing me. Mel coming up in here. I'm just going to go to the social, girl. I'll see you later. Mel finds Meg's propped up body. I... (laughs) why was her body just in the shower like that i don't know it don't matter anyway he just knows ricky did this to get back at her for earlier and mel gives 
a full monologue to Meg's deceased body just lying on the floor. And apparently in a different cut, we see more of Meg's body, like just on the floor, but he's just going back and forth. I'm like, go call the cops. You're just talking to her. <laughs> like, I know she did. Like, she a little pale looking down there, but can, can we go get help? Like, can we be a little more reactive? He's just, he's just a little sad because his little sweet tenderoni done got, got. Not you, man. <laughs> I say that a lot too. I don't know if you ever heard me say that, but I definitely be saying, not you, Meg. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> because Judy got nothing better to do, she bored. She curls her hair in the dark as the killer enters the cabin, knocking her out, shoving a pillow over her face, forcing the curling iron inside of her vagina. And burning her. So and I missed that. Her I didn't realize that that's what had happened. I knew she got burnt, but I didn't realize that it was there. Yes. Yes, baby. A most violent death, a most deserved one, but a violent one. They did. And, they did you get dirty, honey. They did. Hurt and then to add more insult to injury, she just gets pushed behind the bed <laughs> on the ground. I said, "Oh damn!" Let's just go ahead and address this right now. <laughs> I love that we get new updated and remastered versions, but some things don't need to be remastered. And this was one of them because baby, when the silhouette is standing in the in the doorway and Judy's like, who's that? And then we look at it and I'm like, it's Ricky in a wig. <laughs> but now, no, check this out. Now, the first time I watched the movie, I watched it on my TV in my office and it was a bit far away from me. I couldn't tell that it was Ricky. Now, what type of wig was that? Was that a fall wig? Like just a half unit, like just on the back of the hair? That's one thing I don't understand about the movie. It's like, why do y'all, why don't y'all just have Ricky play Angela in a wig if y'all gonna have Ricky, if y'all gonna have Ricky, you know, play the killer Angela in a wig? Or why didn't y'all just like, not like just like not show us the person put a mask on them because it's so dumb to me especially when we get to the end that Angela obviously has a very feminine form throughout the entire film mm -hmm. okay and then at the end I want to pull through the shit like that doesn't that always kind of like threw me off I just feel I don't know I just feel like they should have just left that part of the movie unremastered kind of remember Johnny when we did Silent Night Deadly Night and the version we watched was uncut and we could tell the uncut parts or even My Bloody yeah. Valentine. Now, I know you didn't see that one, but in both of those movies, you can tell because the film literally goes back grainy and then goes back to 4K. And I felt like they should have did that here because, I mean, it don't bother me. I don't care because I know it's supposed to be Angela, but yeah, <laughs> they should have just left that one alone. Speaking of, Ricky, who missed the social because of a stomach ache, shows up for snacks. And on the way home, we hear Ronnie on the phone with Eddie learning about the three kids. Ricky, right then and there, is attacked on site by Mel and is beaten, beaten, beaten. And after this, you know what? Ricky actually was going to die in the original script. But Robert Hillsick was just like, I can't kill him off. So we're just going to keep him alive. So, you know, I'm glad they didn't kill him. That would have made me sad. I would have been so sad because when I first watched this the first time, I thought he died and I, I was too. sad. So after Mel done put the paws on Ricky, he stumbles onto the camp's archery range 
where he is shook because he realizes who the real killer is and is swiftly shot through the throat with an arrow and it looks so good to this day i can't explain how they did the effect it's easy to explain but i just can't explain it so y'all can watch the documentary it'll tell you everything you need to know ronnie calls the police and then tells marie to go gather the rest of the counselors as the counselors and the police search the camp so far we learn that angela judy paul and ricky are all missing so we got to find them Angela is meeting Paul on the beach right now, where she tells him to get undressed because they about to go for a swim, which Paul enthusiastically agrees to do. Not a problem. Marie, meanwhile, finds Judy's body while Officer Frank and Jean find Ricky, who's, thank the Lord, still alive. And Jean carries Ricky, you know, off to an ambulance to get some help while Frank is trying to get some backup. First of all, why did they put this mustache on <laughs> The thing is, when he comes out of Judy's cabin, it's almost like a pause for laughter, if you get what I'm saying, because he it's like a pause on him, and it's just like, mustache. That was so tragic. We just could have took it off. Nobody, we still would have known who he was. Well, he shaved it for y'all who probably not going to watch the documentary trying to figure out what we're talking about. He shaves his mustache in between roles, like outside of the movie. But they realized they needed him for more scenes, so they had him come back. And they just literally slapped two pieces it looked like okay you know when you go like to michael's or hobby lobby and they got those little pelts of fur and it like come in a rectangle like for little science projects or whatever it looked like they just cut little two pieces out of that and just stuck it to his face which is super surprising because they have really good prosthetics i think in this movie literally everything looks good except for that and it's like like i said they could have just left him bare lipped or i don't know i don't know Ronnie and Susie search for the few teenagers who I told y'all earlier, you know, they not accounted for. They find Angela sitting back towards them, nude on the beach, softly humming to herself, clutching a large knife and Paul's severed head in her hands. A flashback reveals Angela is actually the killer and the thought to be dead Peter. After Aunt Martha gained custody of him, she decided to raise Peter as a girl already having a son, Ricky, and coming to the conclusion that another boy just simply would not do. Oh, no, no, no. This flashback is so good because literally it's, okay, because first of all, I guess it's because it's the black. All of the flashbacks are in black. So it's already putting you in this like surreal kind of feel. But as Aunt Martha is talking, like the breath leaving her mouth and you can like see it, it just, oh, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. But it's so chilling because she's really justifying this. And think of how crazy that has to be. My sister died and now I have to be her. That's so damaging. Very damaging. Girl, my mouth was open staring at the screen like what? And then I was yelling at myself. I was like, Johnny, you knew in the beginning that the daughter was the one that died. How did you not? And it's probably because I didn't think that the movie was going to take that turn. Mm-hmm. A lot so, of people did it. Cognitive dissonance. Listen, because it all ends with the nude blood covered Angela standing up in front of a shocked, shocked Susie, Ronnie and all of us who just discovered all of this and are trying to process this as Angela 
lets out the most animalistic sound. And ooh, screen fade to black on Angela's face, green black at that, with Angela's theme playing in the background. I let it play all the way through every single time because that song smacked. I had to keep that's the- also linked below to y'all. I kept rewinding because for one, the face on the body looked off. But then right. also I was like, first of all, why is her face frozen like that? And then I was like, what the fuck is that noise coming from her? It's so unsettling. So, you know, it's a face cast. So it's not her face. I know some people was like, they superimposed this girl's head on it. No, no, no. It's, a fa- it's uh, Some people even thought she wore a little strap on, which was going to happen. But then her mom was like, no, 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 no. That should have happened. That, that should have happened. And that's what upsets me because I feel like she did not have that kind of figure like throughout. Right, this is, yeah. This is what upsets me about like the kills and everything. Like y'all have like, y'all have what appears to be a very masculine frame killing these mm-hmm. people from the hands to everything. And then you have Angela who doesn't really have like, who has, you know, soft, a soft feminine frame. So if y'all right. want to do that, y'all should have just put like, you know, a prosthetic or even like, green screened it or something you know or even just found a boy that kind of had a prepubescent body yeah like that i don't know how i don't know how that well i mean we see in a penis either way but or i mean even because you know some older males of age they bodies kind of look birdie so you could have did that but i do agree that the body (laughs) i do agree that the body is vastly different so i'm with you when you write and another thing is a lot of the crew, when they saw the movie for the first time, this was their first time even knowing about the ending. Because remember, I told you a lot of this Hiltik was shooting under wraps and not letting people know what was going on because he ain't want the ending to get out. And he was smart for doing this. So only the people that was involved in that scene were involved in that scene. And that's it. And apparently the guy who played Nikki Angela never came out. It was some college. Okay, so tab on that real quick allegedly the guy never came out however when i was searching i found a name but i don't know if this is the actual person or not but i found archie liberace i don't know if this is you but i'm just saying you literally have the most iconic peen in horror history so i just feel like you should claim that maybe i don't know but what ended up happening was when he found out he had to, well, not when he found out, when he got ready to do the role. First of all, you can see him in the back derobing, like when they're walking up to Angela and she's humming. If you look in the back, you can see him changing. But while he was waiting, he had kind of gotten a little drunk, a little lit. And they just say like this whole thing was probably so embarrassing for him. He's like drunk, standing there naked in blood with the 13 year old girl's face cast on him i mean that is yeah, i would think you would get drunk for something like i would get drunk for something like that <laughs> <laughs> i mean because that is kind of creepy when you think about it because like, yeah, that, that sounds like something really pervy why am i standing here naked wearing the face of a 13 year old girl yeah that is a little strange so i don't blame him for being drunk <laughs> Or just not coming out. Now, like I said, y'all, I don't know if that's the actual name of the person. That might not be them. But 
As far as we know, we don't know who that is. We don't know that man. He said, don't put my name on that. He said, I don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with it. Mm-mm. You know, and another thing, it gets me when Paul's, when she stands up or when they stand up and Paul's head rolls and it's still smiling. Like that whole end scene is just so unsettling in so many different ways because clearly Paul's body is naked too. But the way Paul's body was laying, as opposed to how Angela is laying, you can tell something fucked up happened, even though it's really dark. And I'm just like, I don't know as Ronnie and Susie if I would have gotten that close. Now, I had mentioned earlier, this movie got ruined for me. I say pseudo because I knew I had, it was ruined that Angela was the killer, but I did not know what all came with that. So I was still shook to see that Angela was still, was actually Peter. I just knew Angela was the killer. So the whole movie, I'm just like, oh yeah, obviously does her. But when we got to the end, I was just like, and I could only see Angela's face, that ending face in my head for like the next couple of days, the first time I saw it. Like it, it got me a lot. Yeah, that got me. I remember that one getting me. I was like, what the? F-? I remember having to rewatch the ending just to make sure I understood what the fuck I was watching. Same. Same. Like, Let me make sure I understand what I'm watching because I'm confused because <laughs> I was a little confused. But um, yes, that was that's probably one of the best like reveals and most shocking like endings to a movie that I've seen. I think it's one of the most shocking in horror history. And I'm willing to stand on that hill. Definitely. Definitely. I love Sleepaway Camp. I love it. I mean, it's so quirky and cute and campy and fun. And I feel like it's one of the, like, queerest horror films with the gay dads and Angela being transgender it's just a lot going on in Sleepaway Camp. And I just, I appreciate it so much. I think it's it's just a fun one. I mean, and it's such a classic. I don't know who hasn't seen Sleepaway Camp. Because I feel like if you're into horror movies, it's especially like horror comedies. Sleepaway Camp is it. Sleepaway Camp is the moment, so. I couldn't agree with that more. It's one of my faves, like I said earlier. Um it's so unexpected to me. I just, for me, honestly, it's so much that just goes into this movie. And anytime somebody tell me they haven't seen it, I'm like, you gotta see it, you gotta see it. When I realized John A didn't see it, I was like, no, we have to cover this in season one because I'm not gonna be able to hold it any longer. It's gonna come up in conversation. I can't have this ruined for her. So I was already, I already told you guys that I was kind of confused at the beginning. Like I really sat here after I watched the ending, like, five times I sat here and literally cussed myself out because I was like Johnny you saw who died at the beginning of the movie I even had to go back to the beginning of the movie to look at it and you clearly see that it was the girl who was missing and the little boy who was still alive so I was like Johnny why did you not put two and two together that something wasn't right and then I realized that I don't think I really paid attention to the kids names when they were first mentioned at the beginning of the movie so maybe that's where I got lost in the sauce I don't know but I liked it it was a great plot twist (laughs) and I think all of the kills were justified which is perfect for me I'm I'm glad you're on my side because them kids deserved it and I'm standing on that 
I mean, because you know, like with most movies, it's like, oh, I'm just killing you to be killing you. It's like, no, you bullied me. So I'm a Cropsy. Yeah. I didn't understand why Cropsy was killing people. All you had to do was kill Todd. That was it. All you had to do. You could have left everybody else alone, even though actually, no, all them aggressive ones, you could have got them. But anyway, this movie got a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, a 77 percent on rotten tomatoes so since you are our guest trey we're gonna let you rate sleepaway camp first our skill because ashley is very indecisive and one to five don't do for me we do one to a hundred because i need range i am going to use sleepaway camp for what sleepaway camp is i think sleepaway camp does it very very well I'm going to give it a 95. I'm only taking five away because they should have kept Angela's physique as Angela. Because I think it it makes it all the more goofy when they try to take her clothes off and she automatically has this 17-year-old basketball player body that she hasn't had the whole film, you know? Right. I'm going to give it a 75. A 75? Hey, a 75 is good for me. Explain yourself. I liked it, but I didn't like it. That is not enough. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a good movie, but it's not like top of the list for me. But I love the plot twist. I can respect that, but I still, I'm like, that 75 is no. I gave it a 93%. Like I said, it's one of my favorite movies, favorite franchise, or not my favorite franchise, but one of my favorite franchises. I guess the thing for me is I would have loved more Aunt Martha, even though I do kind of feel like when they bring her back at the end, it's like, oh my girl, but oh damn, my girl, what did you just do? Oh no, look at the damage. But um, I do also agree with you, Trey, at the very end. I do feel like we could have did a little more about that. But also, I think, actually, no, that's it. Because everything else in the movie, I love. I love that these are actually kids. The story was so natural, but it was because you had kids playing in these roles and they're reacting how kids would react, not how we think kids would react, you know? So it's a little more genuine. But y'all ready to head to the souvenir shop? Yes. It seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. Is there anything exciting today? So as many of you know, and as many of you probably don't know, this movie has so much merch. It don't make no sense. Now you have to do some digging, so I can't give y'all links and stuff where to get this stuff. But let me tell you the merch that has come from this movie. So obviously you can get your own Camp Arawak t-shirt. I also believe you can get the shorts as well. Um, For you, Johnny, you can get a light switch and the light switch is Angela's body and the switch is the pee-pee. Wait, what? Yes, I knew you'd be interested. I'm lost. So it's a light switch plate. You know how you can put a plate over your light switch, like change them out? So this one is Angela and it's like Angela's body. But where the switch is, is like the it's supposed to be the penis. Mm-hmm. 
This is something I thought you would find interesting. Oh my gosh. But yes, you can like literally search the web for all of this stuff. You know what I do think? Oh my gosh, I just pulled me... it up. It's a lot of stuff out there. Like if you literally type in Sleepaway Camp merch, it's so much stuff that you'll find. Like they have dolls of Angela. Naked dolls oh of Angela. Gosh. Like it's all types of stuff. I think it's a, I don't know if it's a blow up one. Oh wow, not not Angela Barbie with a hidden surprise. Oh my goodness. All of that marketing, okay? Now you know what? This is a souvenir shop. I'm gonna say this because I brought this up. Mozart was underused in this movie. We could have used Mozart as a red herring or, or Mozart could have been, I feel like we could have went this. Okay, if somebody wants to remake this movie, please reach out to me because I got ideas. So copyright D180, everything I'm about to say is under copyright. So if you take it, I will whoop that ass. What we could have deal with this movie, right? Have y'all heard of the sleepaway camp theory? No. I haven't. Okay, so here's the theory. Here's the theory. The theory is, the word on the street is, Ricky and Angela was both killing motherfuckers at this camp, right? So... One kill in particular that we can use, for example, is Bill's kill. How did the killer slide that thing in between barricading the door and then ran around the back to put the bees in the window undetected, right? Now, movies got a movie, so we know that's how that happened. But in real time, no, that's not happening like that. So it had to be two people, right? When they're playing the capture the flag game, and they already good on hatching plans on, okay, well, you go this way, I'll go this way, and we'll meet up here. All of these are examples of how these two are both the killers. And That even- makes sense, though, because I think after she got thrown in the water, Ricky was like, we're going to get them back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what's another instance? Okay, so Mozart, when he first gets the prank pulled, or no, when he gets the second prank pulled on him and he pulls out the knife, Angela didn't know about that knife. So how'd she get it? That's true. Exactly. And I really like that theory because, I mean, cousins, you know, one thing about cousins, they're going to roll together, okay? So I could definitely buy that. So if we did a remake of Sleepaway Camp, now, that end part, they go, we're going to have to put that on storyboard and storyboard and storyboard because today in today's world, I don't know if that's going to fly. But I think it should be two killers. But I also think Mozart should be a red herring. But I would even give Mozart an accidental kill or like something like, I don't know, like he get bullied to the point where he actually reacts and something happens. So people are like, well, dang, is it Mozart killing people or was this an accident? You know what I'm saying? Right. As much as they was bullying that boy, he could have been in the same boat. But that's just my thoughts for a remake, because I, I would like to see this remake, even with Aunt Martha, because remember, Ricky was gone for the weekend. Because a lot of people have questions like, well, do Ricky know? Because some people bring up the first scene where she gives them the physicals and like, okay, well, y'all got to be quiet. And Ricky's like, well, whatever they do, I'll never tell. But I don't think he's talking about Angela. I think he's just saying like, well, if they ask me about my physicals, I'm not going to snitch on my mom. Like, Yeah, I was thinking more along the lines of like something happened and she's crazy, crazy. And she's technically not supposed to be practicing medicine anymore. But... Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. 
That's you're right with that one, but that's see, and that's what I'm saying. People are like, well, Ricky has to know that Angela is Peter, but I don't think, I don't think Ricky does. Like, it's so many arguments for whether he does or not, but it's just something to think about. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he do though, because in my head, in my movie, in my version, since Ricky was away with his dad for the weekend when this happened. I would think that Aunt Martha would call up the daddy and be like, hey, this accident happened. I don't think Ricky should be around us right now. Can you keep him a little bit longer? So now she got Peter in her custody. At this point, she done changed up Peter and blah, 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 blah. Ricky didn't go to the funeral, so Ricky don't even really know what happened. They young anyway. And when Ricky comes home, his cousin Angela is there and he just like, oh, okay, it's Angela. I think actually I like that I like the idea of two killers, but I also would love the idea of a prequel to just to see how she, you know, convinced or like, you know, whatever she did to get this kid to, you know, think that they were their sister. So I feel like that would be cool. And to show like how like abusing and ma- manipulating Ricky and Angela, like to make them become i guess the killers or whatever like a prequel yeah. would be really cool yeah i think the same i don't know so anybody under the sound of our voices if y'all trying to do this uh, you see the people that got the ideas and we already copyrighted it so i'm just telling you i'm serious i think a great souvenir would have been um okay marigold marigold wants to be the souvenir <laughs> <laughs> no, but a great souvenir would have been a curling iron that doubles as a sex toy. Oh, my. Wow. You're going right? to get a lawsuit. No, no. no. Can you imagine okay, how so, many okay. girls will put the wrong setting what if on? The handle? What if the handle is the sex toy part, but the other part is the curling iron? So, like, it flips? It flips. You can flip it around. <laughs> But also, I would hope that one wouldn't plug it in before using it. Like, exactly. You know, but I mean, you, gotta you know, re- they have some flat irons and curling irons now that are cordless, though. That's true. Well, and some well, sex toys. Same argument. This That's is the '80s. This is the '80s style curling iron. Um, it's for <laughs> aesthetic purposes. It's not for. It's not for you know. Uh, the new. Oh, it's wave not for actually. Okay, it's not Dyson. It's not Dyson. Um, <laughs> you might can get a couple of curls out of it, but it's definitely an 80s style curling iron. Okay, I can live with that. I can live with that. I like this idea. <laughs> now I want one. Somebody make that, please. And um, you can send it to uh, a prototype to, you know, D180 podcast. Thanks. And I will let you know if I like it or not. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> I I definitely will. I definitely will. I got my old baby bliss right here. <laughs> okay, you know what? Y'all not about to turn my souvenir shop out right now. Okay, this is the back of the red lit part of the store. We are coming out. We are running these park announcements. In three, <laughs> two, one. That was episode three out of five of your Camp 180 experience. I want to thank my baby Trey for stopping through, linking up at the park with us. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. 
Please you guys, I'm, I was set. This was so much fun. I want to do it again one day. This was a lot of fun. You're always welcome back. We always bringing people back to the park. You know, we don't care. Yes. Definitely. But y'all can keep up with us. Make sure y'all go follow Trey down at the bottom of the show notes. You'll see everything down there. While you're doing that, you can also make sure if you're not already, you can follow us on Instagram at D180Podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at D180Podcast. If you have any feedback, you want to make a movie suggestion or a theme suggestion, you know, we just be letting y'all run amok in this damn park doing anything. You can email us at destination180podcast at gmail.com and we'll be talking to you when you get there. Um, I think that's it. I mean, we ain't told y'all to leave us a review in a long time, so y'all could do that if you would like. I mean, dang, help us out. Oh, I mean, you know what? Let me not do that because y'all been helping us out a lot. And, you know, we about to be acting brand new with our little thousand views, I guess, or whatever. But. <laughs> No, I'm just I just want to say to all the writers, to all, what do, you, do you call them the ride the tourists? Survivors. The survivors. I just want you guys to all eat shit and live, okay? <laughs> you know what? On that note, I like it. We'll see you soon, survivors. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>